<laughs> well, Brent is gay, and Kaylin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. It's Homo Superior. Hey, everybody. This is our extra issue on the fourth season of Castlevania on Netflix. I'm Kaylin. I'm Clark. I'm Adam. And I'm Brent Wingate. <laughs> and Adam almost called himself Ryan. Can't even keep track of my own fucking name. <laughs> Jesus but uh, we, we are so glad to have perennial guest, friend of the podcast, amazing comedian, Katie Ozog back. Woo! Hi, I thank you for taking some time so I could practice my name. So I got it right. My name is Katie. <laughs> <laughs> I know my name. <laughs> well, uh, really glad to have you. Uh, and before we get into the discussion and conversation about the fourth season of Castlevania, uh, just want to do a look, little quick disclaimer. Um, the fourth season, just like seasons one and three, were written by Warren Ellis. Uh, we found out a few months ago that uh, there were several allegations made against him by 60 women and non-binary, non-binary individuals uh, about uh, how he used his influence and power to coerce sex uh, from them. And uh, he did not deny this. Um, he's a piece of shit. He's a bad person. Um, um, and we wish him the worst. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to Adam uh, to talk us through uh, the fourth season. Yeah, great. So uh, in terms of, you know, this is the fourth season of Castlevania, so I assume you probably know what the show's about, but if you don't, it's an anime-style adult animation reaching its finale with our heroes Trevor Belmont, Saifa Belnades, and Alucard finding themselves trying to stop a plot to resurrect Dracula, all the while the Sisters of Styria push their campaign to create a worldwide feeding pen colliding with both the outside world and Isaac's growing army and changing worldview. So I don't know why I'd have to say this because you clicked on the episode, but spoilers are very much ahead. And this is where we go into a longer description of what happens in the season. But because there's at least seven different plot lines that weave like a Shakespearean drama, we're just going to go right arc through arc like we're plowing through a McDonald's sign. Before we do that, Katie, you crammed the full series watch into this month. Incredible. Well, probably May, because I know this is now June. Before we get started on the season download, I'd love your thoughts on the show's overall concept, approach, tone. Did you become a fan? I absolutely did not become a fan of Castlevania. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't like the experience, but I did continue on because I wanted to be a guest on the podcast. So I said, I have to finish. I have to watch every episode. Sometimes I would read summaries while watching. It's not a show you can just like have on in the background. You gotta be paying attention. I part my broader opinion of this leads into what you just said. There are too many fucking plot lines in this in this show. Like we don't need all of these. They're hard to keep track of. How dare they introduce like a million new characters in the fourth season? Like what? We don't need new people in the last <laughs> season of the show. So I just wish they would have focused on my favorite character, Alucard. That's my favorite character. That's who I would like to know more about. Most interesting worldview, interesting background. And they didn't. So, I, you know, I'd watch a spinoff on him. I don't think that's going to happen. But too much, too much going on. And also, it felt like I was inside of a video game for a lot of it. Which, isn't that the whole point? Is that we're supposed to do more of the narrative because you're not in the video game? There's a whole video game where you can fight. But then why in the Netflix show do we have to have 10 minutes of fighting? And I don't even get to control it. (laughs) Stop me now. I could go on and on and on. Always the consummate (laughs) professional, Katie Ozog. So glad you plowed through this to be on the show. 
Brent, I believe you have something to respond. Well, I do think you're right about that. You can't have it on the background. It's like the only, it's like the only, it's a foreign language TV show in English. And it's just so hard to follow. That's beautifully put, Brent. Beautifully put. Uh, well, with all that wonderful kickstart to our conversation, let's talk season four specific. Uh, and a few words or phrases, starting with Katie, describe your feelings about the season. So now try to sum up that five minute diatribe, Katie, into one word takeaway. Long, confusing, <laughs> violent. Are- you're, you're, this whole thing makes it seem like you're being the Clark of every other episode of. <laughs> well, Clark, get ready to hold on to your seat, Clark, because we're about to have an epic battle, and maybe I'll, maybe I'll put a sword through your eye and pull it, it out, and then eat your and eyeball the eye like out. they do. Yeah. Exactly. Wait, Adam, is this podcast now going to have five different plot lines that every all of our listeners have to follow? Okay. That's my yeah. nightmare. Clark and Katie oh are A. You and Brent are B. Uh, Krull's being off camera will be C. Uh, yeah. what, about, what about you all? One word, one, a couple phrase sentences or phrases to describe the show. Kaylin. Um, I thought it was unexpected uh, because the show zagged when it, I thought it was going to zig. Uh, so overall, I really did like the fourth season. I'm sorry, Katie. You and I agree on so much. We're going to have a little bit of schism on this podcast, but it's okay. Great. I still love you and I know you still love me. Um, but, um, there, like, I didn't, we'll get into this more. I like the yeah, words and two... phrases, Kaylin, let's go. <laughs> all right. All right sorry, what the sorry, hell sorry. is sorry. the problems of Kaylin? Uh, right. Clark. I'm, I wrote, I just wrote properly epic. Okay. I like that. Brent. I would say, uh, everything was just really okay. Interesting. I would say satisfying. So we have got a really nice split of, uh, ideas here but just so that we can stay focused and we don't go into five different plot arcs at the same time let's go deeper on these different i say there's three so there's trigoviste there's dynasty and then there's Styria. so starting with the trigoviste arc as a real quick summary refreshing your memory because obviously a lot of shit was going on in 10 episodes uh six weeks after the battle of lindenfeld which was the third season finale trevor and sypha found themselves getting burnt out from the hero lifestyle only to discover cultists who are intent on resurrecting Dracula, as well as a potential literal Grim Reaper. The lovers and fighters return to Targoviste. That's actually what it's called, not Trigovista. The starting point for Dracula's vengeance against humans, and now rundown town of royal haves and peasant have-nots. It's not long before Trevor and Sypha discover this disparity is not even necessary, as Zamfir, a new royal guard character, and her people are hoarding supplies for dead royals and themselves. They also contend with Barney and Ratko, two new vampires leading the Dracula resurrection charge. Uh, so let's talk about this particular Targoviste arc. How did another sad Trevin Cypher adventuring plot do it for you? Kaylin? So I think this is probably my least favorite of the arcs, but I liked it at first because I think um, the first episode showed like how... Uh, futile and just how tiring their quest had become like what had started off as this like fun adventure romp just became this slog for them and you see it really with with Saifa's like just her increasing just like uh uh like just hatred for this lifestyle the fact that she uses the word shit and then fucking hairy balls all those all that profanity which I actually really love and 
I think I can't remember if it was the end of season three or the beginning of season four when Saifa was like, what happened? And Trevor's like, well, we started with your life and now now we're in my life. And I think that was really, really uh, handled well. Here's where I'm going to agree with Katie a little bit. Um, some of the new characters that were introduced in this in this arc, I just did not really love. We'll, we'll talk more about like Zamfir. Uh, we'll talk about some more of the other characters uh, in, in this discussion, but I just did not resonate with them. It's almost like Katie, I do agree with you. It's like bringing all these people in at the 11th hour. I'm like, I, I have no time to invest in your psychoses and like, you know, whatever you, you were trying to accomplish. It was, it was one of the few weak spots, I think, in this last season. Yeah. Uh, Katie. I, I have to say, uh, Targa Vista sucks. Like, what a shitty town. <laughs> it's just a bad place. It's just, I didn't want to go back. I didn't like what happened there the first time. And I just have to say about the town. Are you asking? You're asking about the plot, correct? Like they're going. I'm just back asking to town. you. How did the Targovista? Anything from Targovista stand out to you? The idea. I get that they're coming full circle. We're back to where, you know, the whole thing began with the whole like we will come back in one year and destroy this town because you killed my wife. Blah 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 blah. On the one hand, I'm just like, okay, love the symbolism here. I we know it's the last season. This feels very weighty. On the other hand, I'm just like, I'm so bored with these people. Now they want Dracula back? They're cultists? Like, what's going on? Make up your mind. Where did that come from? The humans in the show have got to get their act together. The humans, I could go, again, I could go on and on. I will just say, you know, immediately the humans are going to be annoying because all of their names are boring. Trevor, <laughs> Lisa, Hector, Isaac. Okay, boring. Like, give me a okay, Barney. I'm, I'm sorry. Hector and Isaac are not boring. No, not at all. Boring. Okay, okay yeah. maybe we'll take Hector out, but Isaac is a basic <laughs> name. I'm sorry. Isaac is basic. Okay. And I just, I, I do have to just say quickly about Targo Vista. <laughs> I know you're asking more about the plot. I really like to talk about the village. Yeah. They were destroyed because they killed Lisa who they thought was doing like dark magic. And the church was like, we're going to kill you. To be fair to the villagers, she was. She went to Dracula and said, teach me how to be a doctor, but like you're Dracula. So obviously my magic is going to be kind of like funky and scary. And so I get why they killed her. So like I'm on their side, but I also- <laughs> You're a Targo Vista <laughs> citizen trooper? Yeah, I hey. guess, but I also- Wait a minute. I don't like them, but I, I understand them is what I just want to say. There you go. I want to hear uh, Kaylin and then Brett. <laughs> I, I would not have expected any of my friends to be on the side of the church in this show, but... <laughs> Long live the God. church. Long live the church. <laughs> my God, I can't. Okay. I, I just, it's a horrifying position to take because these, <laughs> these idiots are just shitting in their own water supply they have had, I don't know how long since they were attacked, but they're like, well, I guess we're just going to let everything crumble and just shit where we eat. Fuck those morons. They are so stupid. Learn how to pick up a fucking stick and protect yourselves. You idiots. If you if you weren't told to breathe, would you? They're wow. morons. No empathy. No, no empathy here. No. And they, in fact, they don't deserve Dracula's dark magic. They deserve <laughs> to die from a paper cut. 
because they don't have fucking penicillin. You're a regular old Hector. You're just like a Hector, a human that turns on humans, you monster. <laughs> all right, Clark, what's your take on all this? Where I, I, this wasn't the question I thought was being asked, but um, why is anyone still in that town? Like, why the fuck would you stay there where everyone's dying and diseased and there's no building that's still standing? Like, I mean, and, and then I start thinking about like what's going on in Syria and everything. And like, what is, what, what is the, what is, what is the realism of leaving a town that is in decay? Like, is that a possibility? And so I don't yeah. know if this is complete bullshit and I should be like, these dumb fucks or be like, no, that really happens. And yeah, I think yeah, that wasn't what I was going to talk about. I didn't even have Syria uh, on my mind until that very moment. We'll boomerang like, back. But yeah, Caitlin, do you have something to say? Yeah, just really quickly. I do think that like, I mean, moving is in this time is really, really tough. And if you don't have resources, you're not gonna be able to do it. And especially if you hear from motherfucking Zamfir, who's batshit crazy saying, we're like the lords of, you know, Tra- Targo Viste are going to come back and we're going to have this like golden age again. And you've got these like, you know, like superstitious villagers thinking, oh, fuck, well, maybe if I stick it out and like, you know, shit in my own water and like throw feces at like all one another, then maybe, you know, I can just need I just need to like, you know, wait it out a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say they literally are people who shit where they eat. So something tells me they didn't graduate first grade. Um, so I don't think the education system in Targovista, even when it was a town, was actually successful. But uh, Clark, what were you going to kind of going back to your, your original no, that's, point? That was my about the, the arc itself. How about the arc, arc itself? Um, in terms of the Trevor sci-fi, uh, sci-fi, sci-fi, sci-fi dy- dynamic, the adventuring plot, I do like the fact that we switched it from, you know, more of her, what of her idea of, you know, the season before having like spearing monsters through the head and having a bunch of fun with it. And I mean, Trevor's, Trevor's worldview is, dark and fucked up and we don't think i don't think we've really understood him for a long time we've we've gotten this place where it's kind of like his worldview he's changed some and this will go into the next question but the world itself has kind of come into his worldview more than he's gone into the world Mm -hmm. so it's like inverse character growth because the world had to grow around him instead of the other way around Oh, like it got worse. He didn't really learn how to get any necessarily. He better. did, but only halfway. I, I, yeah. We'll that next question, though. No, that's fair enough. Well, yeah, let's kind of talk really quickly about some of the characters. Our big players were Trevor, Saifa, Zamfir, and then Barney and Ratko. So obviously our uh, two main cast members, Trevor, Saifa. How did you all feel about her continued growth into becoming Korra the Avatar? And then for Trevor, how did you feel about how he actually has grown since getting the shit beaten out of him at a tavern in season one? Katie. I have a question. I don't understand what that means. She became Korra the Avatar. Is that like a secret thing that video game people know? Or did, was no, that part of it, the show? It's a reference to Avatar. It's a reference to Avatar the Last Airbender. Okay, I've never seen it. It was that's that's rude a show that you'd <laughs> actually really like, I think. I would highly well, recommend it. If there's that. no if there's no podcast, I'm not gonna watch it. So as it's I as I explained to my my previous um, guest spots, you have to tell me to watch it and then put me on a podcast. And that's the only way it's going to happen. <laughs> okay. Well, so how did you feel about her basically becoming a elemental God by the entire end of the series? Um, so I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I thought we'd call on this, whatever. Um, so the thing about like the, like Cora comparison to me is like, you know, if you take a naive character and you make them learn the harsh realities of war, you kind of feel like 
you wish you understood what they learned, where, where's the wisdom coming to what, what does that lead to? And I feel like with her, you know, they like, she has this buddy cop kind of relationship with Trevor where they're also, you know, dating and she's like, she's experiencing how terrible things are. But I think other than her not liking it, I don't see any perspective she has on the world around her. Like, yeah, things are shit. Yeah, she wants to do something different, but I don't know what ethically that means, like what she really believes about the nature of humanity or any of the kind of people who do this sort of fighting. Kaylin? I kind of wish we had found uh, her tribe of seekers again, because we only saw them in the first season. And I really, you know, clearly they're, um, you know, generally like very peaceful people from like, you know, the vibe I got, like they have, they're generally magic users. They're, they seem altruistic uh, and they wouldn't be too far off with what Lisa was trying to do. Uh, Katie, you monster Lisa was trying to help people. I don't care if it was Dracula's magic, but I think I would have liked to have seen them and to see like how they would have been reacting to how the world has gotten darker. And that could have helped, um, you know, us understand Saifa's, uh, you know, growth or evolution a little bit more. I'm going to do Clark and then Katie. I can never get behind any human being who has so much education but is not willing to give it to other people. These people are, have every piece of knowledge on earth, won't write it down, keep it in their brains, and then they're like, we're going to stay here and die. We don't care whether the rest of humanity knows all this knowledge. Like, fuck the Seekers. The entire, like, you know, not first season, quote unquote, those four episodes, I wanted to murder them. I was so angry. <laughs> I, I hate people like that. Katie? And I got to say, I love them. I love well, the secret. <laughs> Clark, I have to say, here's the thing about oral history and passing down stories verbally rather than writing it down. You're protecting it because then it exists in the minds of your people rather than on paper, which can burn or in, or in video, which can be destroyed. You know, it's a, really a timeless art form. Now, yeah, but people can I, burn too. Or the 13 yeah. corpses that are all that's left of those people. Sure. <laughs> Sure. Well, as Kaylin pointed out, we never got resolved. Like there was no resolve ever on what happened to the Seeker. So they're probably still roaming around in that yeah, realm. Hang now, on. I would like to go back to Saifa uh, for a second. Yeah. I feel like her journey was like she was on Rumspringa. She was just basically like, <laughs> I'm going to leave my people. I'm going to go away for uh, undisclosed period of time. I think for Amish people, it's one year, but in this show, the timelines were extremely confusing. It was like six weeks ahead, five months back, 20 years ago, 30 years in the future. I was like, just keep me linear, please. <laughs> so I, I just think she was, you know, I liked the, I liked, I did like Clark, I'll be on your side for this point. I did like when she discovered what books, the books in the library. And she was like, oh my God, people write down things. My world has changed. I liked seeing her moments of discovery or like when she started swearing and when she, you know, fell in love and really experienced life. Very fun to watch. Um, but I didn't really feel a lot for her. I don't, I could really take it or leave her. As I said, Alucard is my main man. I'd like to talk on, about him later. I have a lot to Get say. Get to that in <laughs> later, Katie. Uh, sure. um, one thing I'm going to say, uh, Saifa, I did not like her the first maybe two seasons. And I'm not sure if it's the um, the voice actor 
was so robotic at first. And I don't know if that is because it's a second language situation. Mm -hmm. But until the humor came to her, I didn't like her or understand her or give three shits about her. Um, number two, I was the other thing I was thinking about is that Saifa, as you mentioned, is so overpowered. But I started realizing that the entire world is overpowered. I mean, um, Trevor can swing any fucking thing and just like blows <laughs> up five people. And so I, I'm totally fine with the fact that, you know, she seems like just the pinnacle of all like ability in the series. Mm. And uh, um, yeah, so that's what I was thinking about in terms of those two things. Nice. And I would, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be pro Saifa's journey. I know I won't talk a lot about my opinions, but I really thought, especially because I've been reading Berserk, uh, which is a manga where uh, Kentaro Miura, who just recently passed, I think wrote the majority of it, certainly created it. And it's like another one of these like dark fantasy kind of dramas. And it's been around forever and it's highly regarded. It, it is really refreshing to have watched Castlevania and then started reading it because you see how differently, you know, not every single portrayal of women in Castlevania necessarily is great. I, it's definitely like you see them on equal footing and equal power and equal journeys. And I really like that because Berserk is significantly lacking uh, as it as it pertains to, you know, this kind of content. Um, yeah, Adam, let me let me take care of how women are represented in the show. Okay. Oh, how did, you already said you enjoyed the journey. Don't Katie, make so. me cancel Agree. you on this podcast. <laughs> Katie, is she not being allowed back into the uh, Amish community because she got pregnant? Is that what you're saying with Rumspringa? Well, you know, Clark... Again, I hate to agree with you, but it possibly could be. It possibly Ooh. could be. Maybe we're never seeing the Seekers again. That's the subtext <laughs> we're getting without actually getting it. Is that the Seekers have disowned her for who she's become? Yeah. And I think that's you know that's enough on that. <laughs> uh, just to keep us moving on this arc, a uh, real hot take on Zamfir. Uh, is she irredeemable or just a victim of trauma? You only get to choose those two answers, Katie. Little Miss Norman Bates, <laughs> keeping those dead, that dead king and queen down there dressed up skeletons. What a little freak. I don't think she's a victim of trauma. I think she's a little freak. And what a reveal. I was like, you're bananas. Like your whole, that was a character where I oftentimes forgot who she was. I was like, who is this person on screen? And then remembered, and then I was like, okay, are you dead yet? What's happening with you? And then she did finally die by protecting that woman and child, which I guess is, is great. What a great journey for a female character, sacrificing her body for a woman and child. <laughs> I'm, I'm bored. Dude, I don't even remember her dying. That's how... how... <laughs> I did forget that that's how she died. <laughs> well, well, the vampire was so slow and in pushing his sword to that woman and child <laughs> that she was, was able to run across the room <laughs> and then jump in and block it with her body. That's true. That is exactly how it happened. Uh, Kaylin, hot take. I think for Zamfir, we either got too little of her or too much of her. Yeah. And we either needed to be, she needed to be like a real quick character and like, like just like focusing on her fucking Norman Bates craziness, as Katie mentioned, or we get a little more time with her. And, um, you know, that may even be extending the season uh, of giving her some depth. It was like, it, it just was like, I, am I supposed to care about this person? I clearly didn't, but we're still spending a little bit too much time with her. Um, it just, Vampire just did not work for me. Also, her fucking name is Vampire. 
I just expected a fucking pan flute to show up out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, Clark, and then Brent. Um, Brent went first, go. Okay, uh, I really like the idea of like fake kings, but this bitch has been catfishing <laughs> this stupid town for how long? <laughs> With like, oh no, the king's still alive. And I was like, can we see him? And they're like, she's like, no, sorry, he's he's busy. It's like, <laughs> fuck you. The story should have gotten that to a lot, gotten to that a lot sooner. And then we could have had the conflict about whether or not they should reveal it, be more expansive about what her, what she is as a per- person and what she cares about and her craziness. Clark? Yep. The unforgivable thing about her to me, I don't, I mean, she's all suffered trauma. Obviously she's gone through all this horrible stuff and she's a fucking idiot. Um, is the fact that that she has this holy water like fucking trough? Yes, and they have a bridge to go over it, so like vampires can't cross holy water, but they can walk the fucking bridge that goes right <laughs> over there. It made me so mad. That was I, I thought that was so amazing, just to continually show how inept this entire like wasn't yep. anything. Um, well, so Varney, we're going to talk about, I think, when we talk about the final, final, final uh, finale. But let's talk about Racco real quick. He's obviously not super interesting and kind of one of those, like, toss-ins for the end of the season. But if you were Ratko, what would you give a five-minute diatribe while finding someone about your life? I think it'd be what? the quality of sandwich I made. <laughs> <laughs> you just, like, go through the ingredient. Would you name you a specific... Would- item or would you just talk about how you make sandwiches it would be about the legendary nature of my sandwich creation and i'd probably make a sandwich called the ratco because that sounds delicious like (laughs) a little pastrami a little bit of blood sausage some coleslaw that's our that's the next uh, thing after bar sinister we'll start producing sandwich recipes based on (laughs) castlevania only homo superior is going to cover the market with these things (laughs) we'll start a diner kayla I would explain DC continuity, but it would take longer than five minutes. <laughs> Clark, Katie, um, any big topics you'd wrap your life up with? Well, the one thing about Ratco is I think that we did need a Slavic character considering they're on the border mm. of you know that whole region, which I felt like that was important. Um, I don't know, five-minute diatribe for me would be like the time I was moving to Ireland and my little brother and I got into an argument because he equated Ireland with England and as, as if Ireland had done 700 years of colonization. And I said, and I I can give you like a two hour like lecture on blah, blah, blah. And he got so furious at me. And are you giving the diatribe? Is the diatribe (laughs) this story? (laughs) I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. You got to wait. Four four minutes and nine seconds. I'm canceling this. Katie, what you And then he um, pooped on the floor. (laughs) And then And, um, and everyone died. Wow, what a twist. <laughs> is this just something I'm passionate about? I find no joy in life currently, so I can't think of possibly <laughs> anything that I would ever fight for. Is that what you're asking me? I don't know. Yeah, what are your what's your last story you're gonna be telling somebody while they're basically fighting you to the death? Oh my gosh, the last story I would tell someone. What even matters? Great. Anyway, the next <laughs> <laughs> Find your fucking mother. That's what you should tell them. What? I, uh, the story I would tell, I'd probably like talk about whatever like happened to me that day in a really dramatic way and make it seem really just blow it out of the water. And it's probably gonna be re- and, a very mundane thing. <laughs> and poignant and there's life lessons in it. Yeah. I'll spin a yarn on my yeah. feet 
spontaneously. I love let's that. move. Let's move on. I was gonna say, remind <laughs> me to never fight you to the death. Uh, let's talk about the dynasty arc. So, at the same time that all the stuff in Targovista was happening, after receiving a cry for help and sending an, spending an inordinate amount of time reflecting on becoming Belmont. Alucard heads to the village of Dynasty where he meets with the chief Greta and agrees to be act as its protector. He also encounters season three favorite Saint Germain, who has mysteriously returned from the Infinite Corridor with a new mission to sacrifice everything he's ever had so he can find his beloved. This ulterior motive causes Germain to push for Greta and Alucard to take the Dynasty villagers to Dracula's castle, to which Alucard reluctantly consents. How did this continued Alucard stands alone journey work for you? Katie, I am giving you the floor to wax poetic about how much you love uh, Alucard, but keep it within a minute or two. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. How dare you put a cap on my my speech before I even start. 45 seconds. I just want to say my, my king, my bisexual androgynous king, beautiful, his voice, silky smooth like butter. Why did he not get more of a story? This was so boring. I was like, okay, so he comes to save them. He just killed two vampire, like these vampire fighters, whatever. He's been living alone. The whole show, he just lived alone in a castle and was bored and like read books and had sex and then kill people which I guess isn't boring, but it was just very brief and it was only once. And I was like, okay, we'll do it again. <laughs> now, can I talk about a moment of betrayal that I felt when I researched the voice actor for, for Alucard? I'm, I'm, do you know who it is? Uh, I forget which one it is, who is it? So the voice actor for Alucard, let me blow your mind. Have you seen the Bridget Jones Diary franchise? Mm-hmm. So Tom, her, in her gaggle of friends, Tom is Alucard. Like she's three friends, two women, and then yeah, I'm gonna well, say I'm assuming he's a gay man. That yeah. gaggle of people, that's Alucard, the voice actor. That's <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Thank you, Brent. That's <laughs> the appropriate reaction. That's yeah. the appropriate reaction. My and, and, and I'll just say that's the only thing I know him from. So maybe he's like a big nerd was, king. Cool. I don't know. He was in Battlestar Galactica, but yeah. <laughs> oh, fine. Okay, so everybody fucking loves him from Battlestar Galactica, but I only know him from Bridget Jones' Diary, and I was I was just rattled by that information. Um, Sorry, that got off topic. I'm done now. I'm done. I love I, that. Well, yeah, no, I think I do think your point's very salient, Katie. That, and that was actually my question. We kind of jump a little bit into character too, because Greta and Saint Germain are sort of they're main characters, but sort of they're just helping out with this plot of Alucard's journey. I mean. He did have a really lame season three arc. We talked about that last time we recapped the show as well. So I just would love to know more uh, what you all feel about him and where it went. And, you know, Kaylin, go ahead. Um, so I'm actually with Katie in my love of Alucard because, like, I love a good alabaster, like, androgynous, you know, genderqueer. Like, just, I love, I love it all. He's also the main character in my favorite Castlevania game, uh, Symphony of Night. I, however, I think I wish his story had ended at the end of season two. Like, mm -hmm. I wish, because, like, he fulfilled his purpose in killing Dracula. Season three, the plot was nonsensical. It made, like, it was the worst part of season three. I'm glad he didn't break bad in season four, necessarily. But at the same time, I think he was, um, even though the Trevor and Sypha arc was probably my least favorite, he was one of the more, the, probably the least interesting protagonist, I think, in this fourth season. Um, I, I just didn't get a lot from him. I liked like seeing 
the castle again. I liked seeing uh, it being sort of like a, a, a barrier, a protectorate, almost like uh, uh, the, the two towers, um, you know, that kind of that, that, that sort of like that, that big fight scene. Uh, the big battle scene, excuse me, um, in that in that realm, but I didn't think Alucard was even really necessary. He just felt very superfluous to his own arc. Clark, agree, disagree? Um, I do want to say that, Kaylin, I want your grinder profile to say that you want a a an alabaster uh, <laughs> androgynous king. <laughs> how, do you, um, how do you know it doesn't? But okay, <laughs> I, I, I know I blocked you. I have no idea. Maybe it does. Oh no. <laughs> Okay. Wow. Sarge doesn't want to shit where he eats. He's learned Eight from Pergamon. Um, <laughs> so I do like the fact that there wasn't some side, there was a slide, side switching faint instead of, you know, actually Alucard is breaking bad. It was just, you know, no, he's not. We're just kind of like going to like needle you and make you think so at the very beginning. Um, I like the fact, I see, I don't, his stories haven't been interesting, but I do like him. He, he, they, have tried their best to make it from a I'm a complete loner living literally in a coffin to trying to come out into the real world and being someone within a community which is how it ends you know he's the one who decides to name the town Belmont so if Trevor hadn't come back alive he would have been like the leader of or someone important so I like that fact it wasn't all that thrilling but I did like them just having a really fucking long ass march (laughs) and they just keep every once in a while having to murder more people until their people are whittled down like crazy the one most important thing I have to say about this arc is the horse. The horse is the best character. <laughs> the one that just like knows where to go all the time. And we'll talk about him later. Or I will talk about him later. But he, he's, he's, a, he's a good guy. He's a good guy, that horse. Or a or, uh, lady. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just have something so, so, so quick. Yeah. What I want to, I want to buy a gift for Alucard. And you know how like, you know, if I'm living in a girl boss world and I've got like a, a wooden placard with an inspirational phrase, I would buy one that says, be the main character in your own life. And I would give it to Alucard because that, you know, when people like to say that phrase, like be the main character, it's like Alucard, be the main character. Your dad's a vampire. Your mom is Dr. Quinn medicine woman of 1455. Like you have such an interesting, rich history be interesting be the main character and he didn't just didn't do that he didn't do that so uh, he really needs to bad. live laugh love yeah. <laughs> he really does undead laugh love the what i found super interesting and this is just the weird editing that the show has always had i think since season one two of the episodes ended with him just referring to the fact that he was becoming belmont and then it like went to these harsh credits and i was just like uh, this is not what I want from your storyline, boo. <laughs> like, what the fuck? He, he needed to put on sunglasses and then we get a, like a, he's becoming Belmont. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so wonderful. <laughs> I would have loved that. Uh, let's talk about the other two characters involved in the story. So Greta, another late game character and now kind of new love interest for Alucard. Was she worth it? And then obviously Saint Germain, uh, even before the finale was kind of kicking up a, a heel turn, did it really like work and pan out for you, Kalen? So I'll uh, do a little negative, a little positive. Uh, Greta to me was a stock Warren Ellis character, and she didn't really work for me. I could completely—I've seen this character a million times in his comics and some of his other work. Um, she was kind of blah, kind of boring. There was no 
depth or dimension to her whatsoever. She was just there to fulfill a certain plot point. And then like the like her becoming a love interest for Alucard, none of that worked for me. None of it at all. Um, Saint Germain, on the other hand, super compelling character in season three, even more compelling in season four. I think him uh, doing what he needed to do to resurrect Dracula, uh, to bring his love back. His, I don't know if she was his wife, but um, but like him being sort of manipulated in that way, I was completely intrigued. Like uh, just so much fiction that has a character like this. And I think he fulfilled that role incredibly well. Yeah. Clark? Um, I don't think St. Germain's heel turn even existed. From the, all throughout season three, I thought he was going to turn against them every single second and he didn't. I was surprised by the end. And I thought like, you know, the infinite corridor was going to be his excuse. And so now it is his excuse. I mean, he wants to get back to his beloved who he hadn't fully explained to us ever. And I guess we're, gonna, we're never going to know. Um, and it makes sense for him to do this. I like the fact he's just slitting throats of folks now in order to get this shit done. So good on him. He, he did it. He did it. I'm proud. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Greta, I totally agree with Kay, with Kaylin and Greta. They needed to show that all humans weren't piles of shit, which is was hard in that time in that series. And I do like the fact that since I've already talked about it, the fact that she wanted to, she was using the castle, getting all the educational material, finding all the stuff, trying to like make all the stuff that Alucard has ignored and just been sitting around masturbating, I guess. I don't know what he's been doing. <laughs> um, so she's actually trying to get all this information out of the castle. That's hugely right. important, but he doesn't seem to give a shit about. Mm. Brent. Uh, I do think it's weird that, you know, he's got like this, girlfriend in canada that he's like gotta get back like she's very real she's yeah. so great like, we, yeah it's but we That's just can't great. we've never heard anything about her but she's so wonderful she, worth destroying the world over and then the only other quick thing i'll say is that it was a little bit weird for his story to include this whole the alchemist's code kind of thing which it added on a lot of extra exposition that i thought seemed weird but i didn't fully hate um i don't know they what i didn't understand and correct me if i'm wrong because andrew and i when we were watching it we literally kept being like she doesn't speak like there is to introduce like a real personality like her at the end to saint germain's beloved but then not to give any sort of in a well-written show generally to not give any dialogue to these characters to like actually kind of help you acknowledge it. We actually thought it was gonna be something where it turned out that he was just a huge asshole and like made the whole fucking thing up. Like I was just very confused by what and why they did it. Katie, it seems like you got an answer. So I'd love to hear it. I just wanna say sometimes, especially when we're dealing with misogynistic creators, they just want women to be seen and not heard. And we never heard from her. And I wish she was a, a girlfriend in Canada. What a great ending that would have been to find out that he's like, just was bored and like manufactured drama in his life by being like, I have to get inside of a portal because my <laughs> beloved is calling to me and she's lost in another dimension and blah, blah, blah. I'm a fancy magician that has a sad <laughs> personal life, which, he's you know, that feels like. He's like the a, medieval equivalent of an incel. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Basically, and that would have been more, and I, I, you know, that would have been more intriguing to me. And instead it was just like, oh, she is real. Wow. Shocker. Cool. <laughs> Caleb. That's all. Yeah, she was, um, she was pre-refrigerated. Um, like <laughs> that, like, 
<laughs> she was she was a plot element to get Saint Germain where it needed to be. And you know the, what Katie just said, I, I completely agree with. Um, I almost feel that like Saint Germain was Warren Ellis's Mary Sue character. Like mm-hmm. no, what I know about him because I, I have been a fan of his work uh, over the last twenty some odd years. Like from the way that he physically looks to the way that he kind of you know deals with um, you know the other characters. Um, Adam, you probably remember this. Remember the Powers uh, uh, comic that Brian yeah. Michael Bendis did? And early on, like Warren Ellis himself was a character in that series. And he was like a ride along with uh, Pilgrim and with uh, yeah. Kate, uh, I believe, whatever the, 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 the female character's name was. Um, and like, like he kind of fulfilled that role as well, like kind of craven, but like ultimately incredibly intelligent, doing things. Uh, 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 trying to do the things for the wrong reason, even though like uh, his motiva- motivation made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like the character a lot, but like, God, now thinking about it as we're talking about it makes me feel super icky. Yeah, and I, I do wonder, and we'll talk a little bit, you know, because this did, I think it felt kind of personally pretty crunched as a season. So I think there could have been more expanding and like that might have been something like a cut, but yeah, don't cut out a, an actual voice actress. <laughs> For a fucking character that's supposed to be a really big impact on why the plot's happening. Um, let's I don't change. know whether it's important for us to have a mystery. I don't... Like why it wasn't answered or... Every single thing about him is a mystery. Yeah. The entire in the corridor is a mystery. I don't we need to know everyone within... The, I mean, this she's a hugely important fun character that we know nothing about. But is it supposed to be the case? Is she supposed to be a complete mystery? Everything is... Just so like, you'd rather you'd rather hear from the man. That's what you're saying. I don't... <laughs> it, I, I, understand, from, I understand clark i get it i'd rather hear from no one <laughs> you'd rather sit That's in true. your room than clark whitehead. a fucking human being say a fucking word <laughs> clark, clark whitehead is a misanthrope not a misogynist but a misanthrope oh that's beautiful will, you should that's on my grinder profile <laughs> oh i'm gonna yep. get you a little wooden sign that says that <laughs> Uh, well, so let's talk about where women certainly were seen, heard, and also kicking lots of ass. Let's talk about the Styria arc. So on the other side of the countryside in Styria, the four sisters all experienced the ups and downs of power and more. While Carmilla's ambitions grew to worldwide domination, Marana and Striga ultimately discovered that all they needed was each other and some kick-ass day armor. Lenore realized it'll never be enough for Carmilla, and she was trapped just like Hector more than she originally thought. After three seasons, Isaac has finally found a new lease on life, but not before raising Styria to the ground, saving Hector and having quite the fight with uh, Carmilla. How did the animated Game of Thrones storyline go for you, Kalen? So this entire plot is why I really like the season. Like the more we spent with all these characters, even though they weren't in the same physical space, the more I was intrigued. The less the show focused on them, the more irritated I got. Like I wanted more, 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 more. And when I, you know, when you asked originally, like, you know, what we thought of the season, I, when I said unexpected, a lot of the stuff that happened in this plot line was so unexpected, but I loved it nonetheless, even though the crescendo happened in like episode six or seven and not in episode eight, nine or 10 uh, with this plot line. Uh, I, I, I cannot say enough good things about it. We'll, I know we'll get into the characters in a little bit, so I'll save my opinions for that. Awesome. I want to hear from Katie and then Clark and then Brent. I may have missed something. Were they really sisters? Or were they just like a coven of people that said they're like sisters? Because like weren't two of them romantically involved? Yeah, they were like coven gals. No, 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 no. (laughs) 
They were actual sisters. Let the incest They were go sleeping each other with each other? Fine. It's fine. It's fine. It like, he said Game of Thrones, so it is. It that is, is okay, fair, well, yeah. guys, you know what? Not only have I never seen The Last Airbender, never watched even one minute of Game of Thrones. Okay. So you're the perfect audience for the show. I'm so glad you... you know <laughs> yeah, it's so original to me. <laughs> uh, Katie, I thought they were sisters in the sense that they were all bit by the same vampire. Oh, so yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, I, I missed that. That's a, a lovely story I didn't detail. I think about that. Is that they true? Weren't, they no, were not I don't know if that's... No, they were genetically related. They were just... No, 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 no. They were not, they were not bitten by the same vampire because the one that Camilla was bitten oh, by like yeah. kept her in that castle and she uh, killed him and escaped. So yeah. it's oh. different, different. It's more like me calling Brent Clark and Adam Paysis. What's going on? So they're they're my sisters. You know. I wish you interesting. Oh, yeah, interesting. <laughs> you taught me a lot about culture. I fucking pieced out after you said sis. Okay. Wait. Can I? I wait. But so okay. Now that I, that's been cleared up to me, I just want to say I agree with Kaylin that this was a very interesting storyline, full of vibrant characters who were very cool. Um, now, I was confused by their motives because this really, as much as I was confused by the humans in the show, the vampires also confused me because <laughs> these women were like, okay, we want world domination. So we're going to kill all of our food source, but then keep some of the food source in pens, but only in Europe. But then maybe we'll expand. I was like, what is the logic behind this? Why would you kill your only source of food? Why? Because you're angry you're just bored you're i have said bored a lot you're basically just restless you're restless so you just want to murder it's like if i had just like dumped well, was, all of my produce that i have in the fridge down the drain for no reason because i was mad well, it, well that was like, the feature which i will do anyways because it'll right. go bad <laughs> clark what do you got to say katie it's like if some of your produce was going to act uh, like was going to murder you so you only have a certain amount of the produce there it's like if the fucking corn was going to stab you, you don't want that around. Um, I think a lot of this is based on the fact that Carmilla has her motiva- motivations are constantly shifting. So a lot of them are going along with what they think her motivation is and suddenly it's not. And they're like, wait, what the fuck? Um, so I think that's the case. And Kaylin, you had an, or, um, an answer to that question for her more than that? Yeah, I did. I think that's a feature, not a bug. And I think um, the fact that there was that conversation between Lenore and Carmilla in the throne room it's like well will you be happy then will you be happy then and like camilla was like i don't really even understand the question what i want i want what what is promised to me what all these mm. men have and then i will yes. be done and th- and then when you go to uh striga and uh what's her lover's name again um morana morana when they're out on the battlefield they're like all of camilla's plots and schemes they use the word scheme makes sense when we're back at the castle and then we go out to the theater of war and we're mm. we're the ones who are trying to execute this and none of it makes sense to me so that's the reason why like like you were meant to you were meant to feel that way katie that like like it, it was utterly futile and that's what i love about it it's like ultimately this sort of expansion this like manifest destiny is is not really worth it for them they could just be happy just sucking on some humans you know, living immortal lives, needing that stability, as I believe Lenore said, like we need that stability to make us, uh, um, to give us purpose for such, such long lives. That's very helpful. Thank you. That really reframes yeah. it for me. 
I, um, I, this was what Game of Thrones should have been season six and seven. Agreed. Like it, it, I mean, obviously that show went downhill by that point. And, and especially season seven um, with the destruction of blank. Oh, Kings, oh, no, no. Katie, you're, you had your ears closed and I was going to say it and then you didn't. Anyways, um, I mean, I, this was definitely the best storyline. I found it fascinating. Every single character was great. I don't think there was a weak link that I had to deal with of the main six that are in this situation. Um, yeah, I was very happy with it. Nice. Well, let's kind of flip over to characters. Brent, I want to start with you. Who were your favorites? Who really stood out? What'd you like uh, get into? Uh, so I think for me, the two most interesting characters are Isaac and Hector. And for me in this season, Hector kind of showed how you can have a character that's going to do something very predictable and necessary. And it's still interesting, which was that eventually he's going to have some magical doings that turn on his captors. Um, I still thought it was very well executed. And especially when you had that final interaction with Isaac, I thought that was great. With Isaac, every time he's interacting and doing stuff, I think it's interesting. I think he's, he's the one with the most life philosophy of any of the characters. And so him talking to this, you know, possessed demon um, about like what the future might be, uh, I thought was fascinating. I really wish more of the show was just about that. Like if, if there was going to be a next season, I'd want it to focus on whatever the fuck he's gonna do and all the problems that that creates. Yeah, Isaac had become very much a Daenerys character, I felt like in terms of just rallying, uh, mostly monsters, but people around, uh, you know, kind of this thought process and this kind of attitude. Uh, Clark, how'd you I feel about Isaac? Op- opposite of a Daenerys character. I thought he, I, I thought he was That's exactly. Daenerys. And then oh, he, I should he, say he, Daenerys he, at the beginning, which was creating okay, yes, lots yes. of people to rally behind. I don't want to spoil was. anything for Katie. He was. He yeah, was don't Daenerys spoil that TV that show, that finale. That's an Avatar. That's an Avatar: The Last Airbender character. Don't worry, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I, I didn't really like him much until this season. I absolutely fucking love him. Um, my favorite other character besides the horse is that Bug Man, who um, <laughs> yeah. was the philosopher in hell. He's a good yeah. old guy. Oh, Bug Man. And I love the Hector Isaac connection is has been my favorite. And I like the fact they brought it back and he chose not to kill Hector because his worldview had changed such. Um, I wish Hector had wish Carmilla had known what Hector had done, you know, to mm-hmm. betray them. It felt like something she had been shitting on him for so long. There had to be some sort of like something he can give back. That would be that she would not, not acknowledge, but no. Just to drive the sword into her fucking heart even more. Um, The other thing I want to talk about is the strange Lenore Hector mess of relationship where it was like, you know, Stockholm syndrome. And then suddenly she's into him, which I Googled and it's called Lima syndrome, which is after some weird um, Japanese delegation situation that was happening in Lima, Peru, where some people were, were kidnapped and they started becoming interested in their captors. I mean, they're captives. I don't know. It's fucking strange. Anyways, it's toxic as hell because, you know, literally lots of weird quasi rape going on and, you know, like everyone taking control of each other, locking each other in cages and almost slit throats. Um, I didn't support them in any way. And I, I think <laughs> it's, you wrote tragic or not. Um, I don't think it's tragic at all. I think that's what she needed to do because that's like when she killed herself with the son, it's what she had to do. There's no way she was going to end up like this. It was she's going to be a it'd be a nice version of her own cage just like she was doing to Hector by the end of last season beginning of this season 
Um, and he didn't stop her. He stopped her by talking, but he didn't actually go and say, you know, put his arm on and say, please don't kill yourself. Right. I mean, yeah, it was a, I think both of the characters really stood out as individuals, but their connected relationship is not something that should be uh, goals. No, not even slightly. Yeah. <laughs> right. like well, Brent, do you, if you have a quick yeah. point. I'm yeah, yeah. I'm tired of fucking stories with vampires trying to have a poetic ending for a vampire by looking at the sunset. <laughs> Fuck off. Go have a cup of hot holy water. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, give me more of that sun armor. <laughs> <laughs> Kalen, Kalen, you've been waiting. Yeah, I, I kind of want to go back to something you said, Katie. You said it as a joke, but you know, the more I think about it, the more it resonates with these characters about being the main character in your own story. And that's what I really kind of loved um, it with some of the, the resolution of the major characters in this arc. Like uh, Isaac completely, like when he's having that conversation with, with Bugman, as Clark said, um, <laughs> you know, he's like, you can either be like, you can eat like the hammer can either like crack a skull or it can build a house. And I'm now choosing to be the one that holds the hammer. And I don't need to finish the story the way it was originally written for me. Um, and uh, both Marana and, and Striga, they did the same thing. When they got to the castle at the end, when they brought you know their army of vampires with them, and they were like, well, we don't have to go back and fight this. There's no point. Let's just go out and live our own lives. Uh, the difference being, um, you know, someone like Lenore, who even before, you know, the the whole Hector stuff, like kind of flipped on her, um, you could see that like her purpose was slipping away. She is a diplomat, as she said in season three and even in season four. And there is no need for a diplomat in the kind of war that uh, uh, Carmilla uh, is, is waging. And Carmilla herself was not even the main character of her own story she felt like she had to finish someone else's story, whether it be Dracula or the vampire that made her or some other male male character. She could not just leave well enough alone. Um, and I just think that's so wonderful and poetic and really, really just like well done and just makes me love this arc even more. Katie? Katie? I, wow, that was gorgeous the way you summed that up. I felt like sometimes Isaac was just too smart for me. I was like, something, I could tell something beautiful is going on, but I was like, there's just too much <laughs> happening that I can't sink into this. I got to go back to Lenore and Hector for a second because it was so funny to me how she violently trapped him <laughs> to use him <laughs> to destroy his own people, but then ended up spending most of this season basically just like hanging out in like a Rapunzel type castle with him complaining about how she couldn't be a diplomat anymore. And I was like, go join a model UN team. Like, what are you doing here? Like, you're just sitting here complaining to this man who you destroyed and like trapped with spells. And then he cut off his own finger to get away from you, but is still tethered to you by this control you have over him. And all you do is just sit there and you're like, baby like is your hammer done yet i'm so my life is so so useless now because i'm the i'm that sister who was just i was like the negotiator diplomat blah 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 okay go to a local high school get on a model UN team. like seriously like there are outlets for your diplomacy issue 
that's other than like walking into the fucking sunlight like what a dramatic extra katie, way to end katie they put Ugh. bridges they put bridges over their holy water moats. i don't think they have a model you <laughs> okay yeah, this universe oh whatever yeah well yeah everyone in this town is just like lethargic zombie shit eaters so like i they of course don't have a high school Wow, that was so harsh. <laughs> I'm texting them right now. They're super pissed. Better not get don't. on social media. Don't. Um, all right, let's move on to our final, final arc. It's the finale oh of the finale. Claire, I think you got it, something? It's important that we note how badass the Carmilla-Isaac uh, fight was. Just the yeah. animation, everything about it. The connect, uh, Yeah, that was badass. The aesthetics of it. Um, it. It was fucking fantastic. This is how... She is how Cersei Lannister should have uh, Game of Thrones, Katie, um, should okay. have been done. <laughs> like it, it. Wait. Clark's on mute. Uh, <laughs> I took my no, headphones out. Clark, Clark, Katie's <laughs> supposed to take her headphones out. I you took my headphones out, mute. Clark. <laughs> now, no, now neither the listeners nor us will ever know Anyways, what Clark yeah. meant. It's, 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 it, this is how it should have gone. Cersei Lannister is, I, I okay. don't like her, but <laughs> she goes, it's it's living off of ang- hate versus fear, and, and yeah. I don't think, uh, Carmilla doesn't have the fear, therefore she can end this way versus Cersei ending um under a pile of fucking rubble. Yeah, no, it was, I do think that the Car- Carmilla send-up was great. I wish she would have had Again, like I was saying before, I wish there had been in like maybe either more episodes in this season or just two more, a, a season between her like rise and fall so quickly because it was certainly earned. It was certainly beautiful and it was certainly well executed. It just felt a little bit flatter than I think it could have because there wasn't as much build up to her because she became so wildly changing. But Kayla and I really like the point you made. And I think it's very truthful of her character which was like, it was just changing because she never actually had any real desire in the first place. She just simply wanted what others had previously had. Clark, final point, and then we're moving on to the final arc. We, we can talk about this in a little bit later, but um, do you think, was this supposed to be more seasons than just four? We'll go back to that later. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there was supposed to be more, and we'll talk about potential spinoffs and what have you, but I think this definitely felt crushed, which is why Katie, uh, as all of us even mentioned, and certainly you mentioned, is like, a lot of fucking plot lines in some 30 minute shows that are not even a super long season uh so right finale of the finale it's got our main heroes regrouping to fight off a full frontal assault on dracula's castle while also attempting to stop saint germain's heel turn or not heel turn if you're clark and resurrecting of dracula and lisa into one body as a rebus the return has actually been orchestrated by quote unquote death in an attempt to return dracula to the land of the living with a newly trapped wife in tow and using his exponential bloodlust to destroy the world and absorb the life loss Thankfully, through some outrageous one-on-one final boss battle, Trevor banishes death through some newly constructed family weaponry and grit. We end with an epilogue of Alucard establishing Belmont, the revelation that Saifa is expecting, and Trevor having thankfully survived. In a far-off corner of the country, Dracula and Lisa, fully revived, plan a relaxing future, closing a book on what I think, or at least as I wrote this, is a great Castlevania saga. Uh, but I would love to kind of just jump right into kind of questions versus talking about this arc because it was more just a wrap-up of the series. What did we, how did you all feel about this trifecta actually recombining after two seasons? Brent? Oh, well, I don't actually have a question, answer to that. I, I <laughs> want to talk about something else. <laughs> you know, I, I, I you, thought we were going to do something else. You're gone. You know that feeling you get where like you hear a really good song and you get that weird line of like tingle orgasm feeling? Yeah. It's called prison. Prison. 
Um, in the moment where they all come together and like they're, you know, they do the whole camera spin and this yeah. and then that gave me that weird feeling of like, this is fuck, I, this is exactly what I fucking want. That's the fan service you're going to be mentioning. Um, it, that that was so satisfying that moment they joined up together again and then just started it's beating the shit out of anybody and everybody. It's the last, it's the final arc of Endgame, really. It's like when Captain Steve Rogers yeah. gets the hammer, it's everybody coming back, you know. Um, Wait, I'm sorry, Katie. You haven't seen Avengers. I've never seen social it. media. Or Why did we invite her? Because she's physically hurt by that. I'm in a sensitive place, Clark. That's I'm so rude. Katie, we love you. Uh, we love you. Yeah, no, this it was well. I'm right. So, Katie, like, were you actually having been a person that's kind of like lukewarm on the show? Were you gagged over the fan service, or were you still like, "Oh, great, another <laughs> fucking spinning camera angle"? Yeah, you know me, gagged over the fan service <laughs> of Castlevania. That's exactly what I said in my apartment. I squealed no. when I saw that. Katie, that's on your grinder profile. Gagged over the fan service. <laughs> that's my. That's my whole life aesthetic. Uh, I was just kind of like, okay, finally. Like, I wish that would have happened earlier in the show. And I get it because then it wouldn't have been as exciting. That's how TV works. You don't have to tell me. But like, I don't, I kind of was, what I was disappointed by, and I'll go back to Alucard, like what a boring storyline he had. Like, it was just kind of like, I'm in a castle. I'm in a castle. I'm in a castle. I'm in a coffin. I'm in a castle. I am briefly outside. And then I'm back in a castle. And it's just like, okay. And then you rejoin your two friends who have been battling up the wazoo, meeting everyone in all these villages, all these different types of weird animal monsters. Like you didn't even get to see any of those things. So I wish he was, I wish he would have been on the journey earlier. Katie, I will remind you that the show is called Castlevania. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is a good point. <laughs> There were too many castles. I got confused by the castles too. And and Dracula's castle moved. So it's like, okay, that could truly be anywhere. Wow. Uh, Brent, what was the original point you were trying to make? Well, I want to talk about like uh, d- death, but really it, going back to something that Katie said before about how it like in certain ways feels like a video game. And we've had the debate a lot about adapting video games, whatever. I actually think this show did a better job of adapting parts of video games than almost anywhere I've seen. So for example, in that final fight with death, there's a common video game action where you're fighting a boss that's way too big and it doesn't make sense to have the normal one-on-one interaction with the character you're playing as. So they have you do something weird, like press a bunch of buttons to like punch one hand and then press a bunch of buttons to (laughs) punch another hand. And it's boring. It's terrible. It, completely divorces you from the game and really forces you to think about it as a meta experience. But in a TV show, it actually worked really well. And I thought it seemed like a very interesting, fun way of having an interaction that's in a video game often worse. Kalen? Yeah, I completely agree with you um, because I've said on this podcast many times, I don't like the idea of adaptations of video games from going from an active uh, way of telling a story to a passive way of telling a story. It just seems like you're losing something. This is one of the rare exceptions where I think the adaptation really works, mostly because I like the story, I like the voice acting, and I like the kinetic energy that both Brent and Clark have mentioned of the way that the fight scenes and uh, like were portrayed in, in the show. Um, it very much mirrored 
the way that the video games were done. So I really like that kind of attention to detail. I did want to bring up one thing that you mentioned, uh, Adam, in your description about like the plot to bring Lisa and Dracula back into Rebus. So the whole idea of the Rebus is actually in um, in like alchemy mythology, all that kind of stuff. In fact, uh, if you, um, you know, Doom Patrol, we've watched the show cover your ears again, because I know you definitely haven't watched this, Katie, uh, <laughs> but you're never going to get to it, so don't worry about it. Um, but with Doom Patrol, um, you know, you've got the character of Larry Trainer, and in the Grant Morrison run that, um, that the show really adapts from, uh, that character is called Rebus, because he is both a male and a female character kind of put together uh, and, you know, he's truly a non-binary individual. So I really like that kind of attention to detail. The character, though, of Death, and I know we're going to get in, into the second, I, I, I didn't I didn't really care for it. It felt like a boss that came out of nowhere. Um, and it felt very much like, uh, um, like the Emperor returning in Episode Nine of Star Wars. It's like, where the fuck have you been? All of a sudden, we have another big bad that feels like they kind of came from nowhere. Um, you know, it didn't quite work for me, um, but I liked a lot of the machinations to kind of, uh, that, that kind of surrounded him rather than him being like the main, the main antagonist. Want to hear Katie's quick point and then turn it over to Clark. Yeah, I didn't think that was a crazy twist. Like it felt like it wasn't as much of a Trojan horse as I think they wanted it to feel like, like, Oh my gosh, what he's death. That's wild. Cause he's, what is his name again? Barney. Barney. He was like, right. hey, I'm a Cockney British. Like I live in London. And <laughs> How dare a vampire. you? And How like, dare you? Is Michael Caine? Is he Michael Caine? <laughs> Look How at me like jaunty hat and like, oh, I'm also famous. I'm a famous actor playing this guy. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Don't disrespect. Okay. Don't you dare Malcolm disrespect McDowell. McDowell. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. Whatever. Clockwork. Fucking orange. Look at my little eyelash. <laughs> I don't care. That's all I know about him, I don't care. <laughs> and he's also, um, yeah, I don't care. But anyways, I just thought it was Quick funny point, that were, Katie. <laughs> quick. Okay, okay, okay. And so I just thought, like, the idea that this real weirdo standout character, it's like, surprise, I'm the twist. I was like, no, I mean, if Saifa was death, I would be like, oh, what? <laughs> or like, somebody surprising. Alucard, someone. But he was obvious to me. I guess I'm Didn't just too like smart. <laughs> Did anyone notice in the episode with the five-minute diatribe, Rat Ratko's that he calls him death? He oh, calls I him death know. with a lowercase d. But I mean, mm. I. But mm. the fact that someone calls someone death and, and it, we see death at the beginning, I mean, I, I I wasn't surprised because I that was that felt telegraphed to me. Which you talked about how it was boring along. One of my later comments is about I think that should have been re completely removed for a different reason for that reason. So I did. Well, I, I was upset because it, I, I was upset because it wasn't out of left field. Well, in the original me. feeder of the entire conversation is like right at the in like one of the first episodes they were like they bring up the kind of Grim Reaper idea. It's obviously a very soft touch, but I, I did like going back kind of reading over and, and rethinking about the episode. I thought that was like a cool list. But yeah, I mean, I. I think Grim Reaper worked as a big bad for a great animated boss battle. I wasn't, the whole motivation, but it was good to not have Dracula have to be another villain and everyone else kind of seemed to grow and evolve and move past Dracula's original journey. So I think it worked. I think like everything else, because it was very rushed, 
they didn't have as much opportunity to really make Varney interesting enough to care. And then especially care when Varney turned into, it was very Final Fantasy where it was like, yeah, there's actually just this super world ending villain that's now summoned because the original guy got stopped and who cares, fight him, uh, which is never, never a good sign. Brent? I liked it at the beginning. They're like, wait, so death looks like a skeleton? And they're like, no, 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 that's representational. And then like, no, death <laughs> does just look like a fucking skeleton. But You're also- like, oh. The, the uh, we just made up rules about what a character like death has to be like oh like he can he can look like a person he can do stuff in the infinite corridor but he can't interact specifically with people and he can't like what are you guys making this up for <laughs> he's it, death yeah. I don't know, what, what do you want from us yeah we, we get there's always it. so much i can take <laughs> did you know that the name varney means alder tree which is the tree of death Oh, I learned that afterwards. If only I was a, bot- a botanist or whatever a tree doctor is called. Well, why oh, aren't you? Gosh, <laughs> that I would have known. Doctor Tree <laughs> Medicine Woman. Uh, Kaylin. <laughs> Kaylin. Um, so they they kind of talked about it a little bit, and I wish they leaned into it more. Uh, where he wasn't actually death. He yeah. was just somebody who like ate like death or like consumed death. And I think that would have been a much more interesting way to like, like have him be an antagonist, like him, like, you know, like me thinking he was death, Brent, you thinking he was death. It was just kind of like, oh, who the fuck cares? Blah, blah, blah. Like, it just, it's just seems so literal. Uh, but I think like, you know, somebody who is there, who is trying to corrupt death because death is supposed to be the natural end of life cycles. Like it is a natural thing uh, and him corrupting it, making it unnatural. I think would have been a much more interesting way to depict them or um, them. Talking about uh, Dracula and Lisa, I don't really want to go into what we think, you know, whatever, they returned and now they're existing. I want to know more about you guys. Who would you want to be trapped in a Rebus web? Katie wow. Ozon. I got oh, my answer. Oh my gosh, you guys. <laughs> I would love to share a reconstructed corpse with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we did at a brunch on Sunday, Katie. That is what we did. <laughs> we crawled inside of a dead body. Oh, New York City, it's great. Um, yep. I guess I'm going to have to say all of you because that's that's truly, I, I really believe that. It's kind of what Actually, happens. Whenever we podcast, that's kind of what happens. We all just get trapped in a singular yeah. body for 60 minutes. <laughs> I got to say, though, possibly Alucard. I'd love to be trapped in a Rebus with Alucard. Specifically, the voice actor for Alucard, Tom from Bridges Jones Diary. <laughs> uh, Clark, uh, Brent, any any big choices for you? My answer is the most of these most most of this kind of question is Amy Sedaris. That's a good good answer. I don't like I, that the the Rebus is like insane at the end. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's not great. It's not a great ending. I was kind of hoping that as a twist for them that they were actually like, oh no, we're actually totally cool with this. Our souls. We're in love on Earth. We're bonded now. This is weird, but we're fine with it. It becomes like a sitcom spinoff. It did. It did seem a bit odd, given everything Lisa had experienced over the past three years. That he works the left been, arms. She works the right. Right. Like they she wouldn't have been comfortable. Um, let's talk real hot takes on the epilogue because we got to start wrapping up. Uh, phrase or a couple of words. What did you think about the final send off for characters in Belmont? Kayla. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't going to be about Belmont. I was going to be about Dracula and Lisa, but right. um, I'll let go. Which go. is how the show ends. Epilogue, epilogue, epilogue. Yeah. Every, let's go. So, Actual uh, epilogue. I like that like it ended on them because the show started with them. Nice. Uh, and I'm glad that they got a happy ending. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, um, uh, this is when I have to do my shout out to the horse who once again <laughs> brought brought Trevor back to them. Because the horse knew exactly where to go. Clark, you love that horse. Love you that horse. just lo- you want to be in a Rebus with that horse. Yeah, I, you know what? Done. I don't know. What, but the have to be male and female. That's why I don't know. Is if the horse is male, then I can't. If the horse is female, then Amy Sedaris is oh, out. Gosh. Uh, uh. That yeah. Dark Ages Uber is incredible. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, take me to a la carte. And it's like, don't worry, I got you. Nay. <laughs> nice. I don't know why they wanted to bring Belmont back. It would have been perfectly fine to have him die and his death means something. Um, I, I liked it. I always thought there's like a laziness I, to killing off the main character. I feel like it's too easy to end their journey there. And that's kind of like if Alucard had died at the end of season two, it would have been a little bit like, all right, great, you accomplished your mission, but now you got to have to do the hard work of raising a kid. Um, but I, yeah, no, I mean, I thought it, it, it made me happy. I liked it. Clark? No, Katie. Well, I really, uh, Trevor and Saifa need a new inside joke because if I have to hear one more joke about true for or whatever, that thing where it's like, <laughs> that name's stupid. I'm like, okay, you've said this so many times. <laughs> and I just, it always like, the idea, and I guess this is kind of the tone of the show because it was a little bit like edgy not edgy but like their their dialogue was kind of like sharp and sassy a lot of the time but when she was just like Trevor you're a horrible monster person and I love you I was like oh that's so toxic like oh gosh wow this is the world this is just like the world we choose to create as humans like oh I did not like that um and I did I did enjoy Lisa and Vlad <laughs> we have to call him Vlad so nobody knows I liked that they had a happy ending I thought it was also hilarious that you meet them and she's like hi I'm a stranger and I want to be a doctor can I live in your castle and then let's get married and have a child at the beginning he wasn't asking for any of this <laughs> then suddenly they like show up at this inn like Mary and Joseph in the rain like help us we're so lost and then they're just like, what happened to us? They like don't really remember like anything that happened to them. I'm like, what is the show? This is crazy. But I also, I question, I didn't understand. Were we supposed to know about the village he was talking about? Is that something yeah. in the video game? Whitby I assumed. Is the location that Bram Stoker wrote Dracula. Wow. Oh, history. I love that. Okay, great. Mwah, I, I pulled it up because I'd forgotten what it was called. See, this is a very good reason to be a guest on the podcast. You learn so much. While you're on. Well, you don't no, actually, I'll... you don't listen to the podcast while you're on it, but you do learn things. I do learn. <laughs> I do learn. Uh, Clark, wrap us up and then let's uh, jump into potential next uh, spinoffs. Like you said, I think that um, killing him off would have been too easy. The, the, this is a show all about how fucking dark the world is. Everyone's dying, being murdered. The fact that, that he lives is... The, the biggest surprise in it for me at least in this in something like that but then it's also a video game and you supposedly live with it but anyways i don't know i felt that i knew he was going to die and he didn't die so i was happy he didn't die mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, so going forward, obviously, this is the end of this chapter of Castlevania, but likely someone in response to Warren Ellis's life. Netflix is looking at a new series set in the same Castlevania universe with an entirely new cast of characters. Warren Ellis has been off the show. Uh, he's still creator, but uh, particularly, I think, with the new one, he wouldn't really be attached to it at all and wouldn't include him. What do you want to see from the show? How could they potentially recapture the magic of what's worked for the past four seasons? Uh, I think uh, it should follow Vlad and Lisa and it's called Houseovania and they just <laughs> go from end to end <laughs> trying to have, review them for Yelp. I love it. Katie. I also would focus on Vlad and Lisa and I would merge this show with WandaVision and I would watch them in a rebus just being multiple different types of sitcoms but everyone's normal except they're a couple caught inside of a, a dead human body. I would Maybe, watch that. I think you mean Vlandavision. Vlandavision. Kayla. I want to follow uh, Striga Morena, and they become basically Annette Benning and whoever her wife's name was, and the kids are all right. They get Wait, a couple of kids. Julianne Moore, Julianne Moore thank you. Uh, they got a couple of kids, you know, um, they got to deal with like, you know, shenanigans of who the biological father is. But uh, uh, I want to see those crazy, I want to see those crazy lesbian vampires again. Love them. Yeah, that's great. No, I don't want anything, but no, I want that, Kaylin. I want that. Yeah, story. Kaylin, I love that idea. That's really fun. A Wait, remake Clark, of The Kids Are All Right. Clark, you don't want a uh, horse and the bug man just going around <laughs> <laughs> Solving crimes. They were. I want, I want the horse to have to ride the bug man around everywhere. Yeah, of course. He's super strong. <laughs> Such a buddy That's cop stereotype. A horse and a yeah, bug yeah. man. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think that's really it for us from Castlevania season four. Uh, consummate professional, unwatcher of many pop culture nerd shows. Katie Ozog, thank you so much for being on this podcast. You always bring such a levity and different perspective. Uh, where can we find you? Well, it's been a real pleasure as someone who only played the, and when I say played, I mean, I watched my brother and cousin play the 007 video game in the late 90s. That's about my only experience. Um, and I one time played Dead Man Redemption 2 with my older roommate. <laughs> And I kept kicking a horse and it like, speaking of horses, I like destroyed Katie, a horse. just plug your shit. <laughs> I just have to out. say, I just want to say, I feel like the listeners are going to be judging me for my lack of, of video game knowledge. I'm sorry. I just need you to know that's what you're working with. You can find me on Instagram at Kozog. You can find me K-O-Z-O-G. You can find me on Twitter at this is KFL. I uh, don't really create any content, so enjoy following those, those sites. I hope I hope someday to be creative again, but currently not doing anything. The world's biggest dead man redemption fan. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> dead, dead man redemption. Dead, dead man redemption. <laughs> the second one. You got two right. You got <laughs> There was a sequel, so that is that does count. Adam, close us out. Close us out, Adam. All right. Well, if you love what you heard and you want to hear more, you can always find us uh, on Spotify, on uh, SoundCloud, all the great places you can find podcasts. If you want to see more of us and more of our witty thoughts that aren't audio, you can check out Homo Superior on Twitter at Homo Superior X and Instagram at Homo Superior Podcast. 
Uh, we've got a lot of different stuff like Bar Sinister. That's new drink specials every week. You can make of your favorite Marvel, X-Men, and otherwise characters. And I do think that Vicky and Kiana, everyone's resident morning show assholes, are going to be making their uh, reprised appearance uh, on our Instagram, uh, hopefully in a couple of days. So uh, thank you so much for listening. Like and subscribe, all that shit that people say at the end of YouTube videos. We love you so much. Have a great one. Hey.